Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim, and welcome to the Backstage Show. This week on the Backstage Show, we're going to be presenting the first of two parts of our interview with Lindsay Kilchesty from the Bridge Players Theatre Company of Burlington, New Jersey. So a little background, our Roadshow episode was actually recorded in the car while en route to get to the Bridge Players Theater. And when we met with Lindsay, we we recorded at the theater and we had nearly, what, an hour's worth of material? About that, so we figured we'd split it into two parts. We'll be presenting that first part this week, the second part next week. We should mention the sound quality may not be as good as you're used to. There were a lot of fans in the background. We tried to filter that out for you. It was a very hot day. We needed them. Yes, it was. So without further ado, here's part one. This week on The Backstage Show, we'll be talking with Lindsay Kilchesty, who is the Director of Marketing for the Bridge Players Theatre Company in Burlington, New Jersey. And we've actually taken the opportunity to come to the theater and visit with Lindsay in person today. And welcome. Yes, welcome to Bridge Players. Sorry, it's it's not set up. We are in the off season right now. So, so when does your season start? Uh, we actually start auditioning for the first show of next season next week. So All our right. season will start in September. And that is Fences. Fences, yes. August Wilson's Fences. Opening September 28th. I gave you guys the postcard, and I don't have it. So. <laughs> <laughs> you did indeed give us a postcard, and I'm looking at it. We looks can like, share a copy. Fair enough. Sorry. Uh, so, looks like your your typical slate is four shows? Yes. Uh, we've been doing four shows a season since, um, I did write that down, in the 95-96 season is when we started with four shows, because we didn't always have the capacity to hold more than one or two shows at a time, <laughs> but now um, it's a four-show format, and previously it was one musical, dessert theater, a straight play, and a children's or holiday show. And now we're doing two musicals a season. And this season, we're eliminating the holiday show altogether. Yeah, I see the schedule. You have uh, one show going late September through early October, mid-October. Another show starting around Thanksgiving, kind of covering Thanksgiving. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then early February, early to mid-February show, and then late April through mid-May. Yes. So those are your typical yeah, timelines. Yeah, uh, where the November show is, it would typically be the last weekend in November and the first weekend in December, and it's a shortened schedule because they're the holiday shows. They're not really big shows. They're not well-known shows, but they were the way that we could get kids involved in, in right. plays. Mm-hmm. It was the family uh, aspect of it. And obviously, uh, you guys know community theater, so you know kind of where we have to play to. Right. Musicals are more popular. The bigger plays are more popular. We still want to keep the kids. We don't want to get rid of the, the children in the theater at all. We still want them as a part of our family. But we have to move away from those smaller, kitschy shows. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the kids do tend to bring in the audiences. They, At least that's been my experience. They do, but you have to do the, the junior-style shows. Right, they are yeah. very popular right mm-hmm. now. And you actually get enough of a turnout that a lot of the theater companies in the area do A and B casts. Right. So mm. different nights, there's a different cast. So every kid gets a shot to play a part and then they'll switch and be the chorus when they're not a lead. Yeah, that's, that's a neat way to do it. I, I don't, I mean, most of the smaller theaters by us, I don't think do that. Well, Have you seen? Barn Playhouse does a children's show. Right. But do they do an A and B cast? Not, the, no. Yeah. At least they didn't for the show yeah. I was I mean, I they, get, they get large turnouts, but 
they, they tend to really pad the uh, uh, course in, yeah. in those cases. I yeah. worked on a production a couple of years ago with them, their children's show, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Oh, I love that show. And, uh, <laughs> no, it was just one cast for that. And I'm actually, one of the next things I'm contributing some sound design work to is their current year's children's show, which is a, I guess, Footloose Junior. Okay. okay. It's the junior show. Yep. So I'm seeing on your brochure that's in front of me that you that that Bridge Players has been around for over 40 years. Yes, we have. We started in 1976, I believe. Oh. Yes, it's 76. And we actually weren't originally from Burlington. Uh, we're okay. originally based in Palmyra, which is where our name came from, Tacony Palmyra Bridge. So uh-huh. we are the Bridge Players. We were there for about 30 years, and there was an incident in the theater that they were in, and um, there was a, a fire. Oh, wow. During a performance. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not a big enough one. Nobody was hurt, but obviously we lost our home down there. Uh, and our president at the time, who just retired, Pat Morata, she found us a new home here in Burlington. She did a lot of research with demographics and reached out to the people in the in the city and everything to see if we would be a good fit for the area, and they felt that we were. And we bounced around for several years until we reached out to Broad Street United Methodist Church, and this is where, where we are now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And there's actually a lot of photos on our uh, Facebook page of what this looked like when we first came here and how it's grown, mm-hmm. because obviously this is not what it looked like at all. I mean, even the lights that you can see around here, these right. are probably new within the last two years. We've really built it up. It looks like a good space. It is. For and those who can't see over sorry. audio, <laughs> we're looking around and there are several kind of on frames, light arrays on the side walls, um, probably what? 12, 15, 16 lights and a spotlight back there. And we actually have a second spotlight that's um, hiding back in the back corner that we can use multiple spotlights at once. That's nice. There's a lot of the the smaller theaters that that you go into where a follow spot is like not even an option. So it's really good to be able to do that. And we use it. We we abuse the poor gentlemen (laughs) that that are follow spots, Colin and Phil. I I used to run a follow spot when I was in high school. That's how you got into this whole That's, mess, wasn't that, it? That was one of the first things that I did, yeah, but, you know, other than fifth and sixth grade, right. I, I operated a spotlight for that, so. So this is uh, your full-time rehearsal space as well as performance space? Uh, with the exception of the musicals, uh, the musicals will actually start out rehearsing songs in the home of the music director, Diana Dorman. We do have other musical directors that come in, but she's typically our, our go-to, mm-hmm. and she has a gorgeous home on the Rancocas Creek, so I would much prefer to be there and rehearsing the music than here so <laughs> so the, the musicals they will start off rehearsing in her house and then they'll come here for blocking and choreography and so they're stuff just like doing that. the music rehearsals there yes. where it doesn't really require right. the actual yes, space you don't actually need things the space. you can work on mm-hmm. you could perhaps have air conditioning there oh yes, yes. oh that she is, does that is one thing the, spa- the space is not air conditioned yes so if you hear the so fans sorry. in the background <laughs> That's why you're hearing the, the fans. She has a can. pool, too, that she ah, offers up to the good. cast as well. So that, that's also a perk. Nothing like music rehearsing from a pool. No, I don't think they've ever done that. <laughs> Line run in the pool. That would be interesting. <laughs> it's hard to do the blocking. <laughs> you need extra time. Everybody is the best dancer The fight in the choreography pool. is really yes. something. Yes. <laughs> so you had mentioned that, that you guys are calling this season the season of dreams. Yes. We are calling this a season of dreams. Uh, we were trying to find a way to tie in the four shows of the season mm-hmm. and just kind of looking at them 
you know, it's Fences, Annie's, Boys Next Door, and Jekyll and Hyde, mm-hmm. and you're kind of, okay, there's no way that you're going to tie these four shows together. Is that what, when the season gets selected, is that kind of thought of as a way to determine which shows are selected, or is that sort of, okay, these, this is the slate we have, how can we unify, how can we tie that together? Tie it together. We, this was an afterthought tie-in. We don't always brand a season. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are seasons we go out and we say, okay, we're going to do a season of comedy. We did that two years mm. back. And obviously that's a lot easier to do. So but you'll vary the format a little bit yes. from and one season we to also, another. Shows are submitted to us by people interested in directing. Okay. So we never know what we're going to get. Mm-hmm. You know, you're kind of reaching your hand into a bag of Skittles and hoping you don't get the flavor you don't like. Hmm. <laughs> is, is this a list of approved directors? Is this just open to anybody? It's open to anybody. Oh. We actually have an open call out on our Facebook right hmm. now that if anybody wants to submit, please you know, send it in. All of the information you need is right on there. Um, we just need a copy of the script, not a photocopy. Play reading goes in and they read the script out loud. There's a, an entire group of people with musicals, they do require the soundtrack because obviously they want to hear yeah, what the music, music sounds sure. like. And if they don't know the show, they're not going to sit there and, and sing the songs during right. the reading committee. But they they will read through your script and everybody will get a part and they kind of do their own personal read through to get a feel for the show, to see if it's something that they would find enjoyable for others. Yeah, it's a nice way to do it. I, I, I've seen, like most of the play reading committees that I've seen, it's pretty much you take the script and you read on your own. I kind of like the thought of everybody getting together and... And yeah, reading that, that out loud. That's got to be helpful. That's a little different. Yeah, frequently people, I've been on a play reading committee myself, and people will go off, and usually since you only have one or maybe two copies of a given script, now everybody can read it at the same time. Yeah. It gets passed around to people. Somebody takes it on one week, reads it, brings it back, then the next person gets it. And then people kind of write in their comments, what they like, what they disliked about it, how suitable they think it would be, and then, then it gets discussed. But yeah, uh, that, that's kind of a cool alternative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, described. I, I actually um, I did a show here last season I directed a show and I ran off extra photocopies of the script so that everybody mm-hmm. had their own because that's typically what Pat would do she also heads up the play reading committee she would then take the, the hard copy script that you send in and run them off herself and just made that easier and they all sat down they all had a, a part and yeah, yeah that's what I was gonna it's, ask. it's really cool that's neat yeah I like that so idea so it's basically like doing a read a read-through that a cast would do the first time yeah. they all got together, except that's how you're determining whether the play is worth uh, is of interest. Yeah, producing. just because the director finds it to be a good show doesn't mean it's going to appeal to the masses. And when you sure. have mm-hmm. a group of people who are pretty much blind to the show, it, it kind of helps determine if it's a show that you would be willing to put on, put out there, mm-hmm. if, if you can find the appeal to it. Now, what happens if you end up with like 30 or 40 or 50 submissions for a given season we couldn't be that lucky (laughs) (laughs) well how many would you say would normally expect to get um to whittle it down to four if you're producing four maybe five or six unfortunately we're not seeing the turnout that we want to so if any of your listeners are relative to the area you know send in your scripts we want you guys to come out here yeah if you're close to burlington Unfortunately, we're not as close. I know as you ourselves. guys are. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little tricky when you're dealing with just kind of Philadelphia area. It covers a very large area. Yes. And there's yes, a ton does. of theaters around. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and the idea of crossing the bridge, I know, is is pretty daunting. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. <laughs> but in reality, depending on where people live, that could still mean that this theater might still be within 20 minutes from them, yeah. even if they yeah. do have to cross a bridge. Yeah, this is true. I do know there are people who have crossed over to, to Jersey theaters that, that I've worked with in 
Pennsylvania. So you just never know. I think it's got to be the right show. Yeah, yeah I, that's really what it comes down to as yeah. far as travel. What I've been concerned about is, you know, if it's the right show, you do it. And if you're submitting a show as a director, you already know ahead of time it's going to be the right show. Yes. So, <laughs> got that going for you. <laughs> Which is nice. Yes. <laughs> I feel bad. I got off base on you guys. Way off oh. base. Um, we, we do this all the time. That's yeah. fine. Uh, we're, um, uh, would you like to tell us more about the shows the, from the upcoming season? Okay. Well, or did you want me to just touch on the, the season of dreams aspect? Either or. Either or. Your preference. <laughs> okay, because there was a really nice write-up done by one of our board members, Gwen. So I'm going to give her her. So hmm? In September, we see unfortunate side effects of dreams that have broken with August Wilson's heart-wrenching play, Fences. The Pulitzer Prize and Tony Award-winning play captures the angst of a man who sees his dreams shattered and the toll it takes on his entire family. In November, we celebrate the holidays and get to see new dreams realized for the adorable orphan named Annie who wants a home and a family to call her own. In February of 2019, we invite you to see Tom Griffin's The Boys Next Door and meet four mentally challenged men who live in a communal house and share a simple dream of having love, laughter, and the desire to find some meaning and purpose in life like everyone else. And our season ends in May with Jekyll and Hyde. The epic struggle of good and evil, we learn that sometimes we can't take back decisions that have led us down the path away from our dreams. So that was how we kind of tied those mm -hmm. together. They all do have a dream in them. They do. Misguided or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's probably, a, in general, a common thread to drama overall. Yes. The, uh, the protagonist's journey, as it were, is in that context of dreams mm -hmm. and what they yes. want to achieve. So it's... it's it definitely seems a little disjointed from the outside, but the season... It does tie together. Yes, yes. it does. <laughs> so I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm still looking around the space and, and thinking musicals. So when, when you do the musicals here, uh, Live Pit Orchestra? Yes. Where does the orchestra go? They're Usually typically off to the side, off to the side mm -hmm. and they are behind a plexiglass wall. Ah, okay. okay. Yeah, believe it or not, our pit are the only paid members of the theater company. I do believe it. I, I know yeah. there are some other theaters, and, and when I've been on boards, there have been discussions about paying the pit because they can be difficult to find. Yes, mm. they are, and they, they work very hard. They do a phenomenal job for yeah. us, and they are the only paid members of the entire theater company. Mm -hmm. So that means even the board. None of us were completely volunteer. Mm -hmm. right. None of us take a paycheck despite, you know, the mommy is trying to do something right now. Can you just please go play with Legos for five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. Well, I, I usually say daddy, but I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my, my six-year-old, Mommy, do you have to do work for the theater today? And I'm like, wait, I, I, I don't know. Hang on, let me, let me go check my emails. <laughs> That's actually one of the things that ended up leading to the show was I was working on a show when, when I had my kid, and he was not understanding why Daddy kept disappearing three nights a week. So this was something that, that could be done once a month or somewhere around then, although he was wondering where I was going today, but, you know. <laughs> But yeah, it gets difficult as a parent sometimes being involved with theater because it is a big time commitment. It is. It really is. And or work or well, yeah, I mean, anything uh, else know, going on in your life. Most people involved with this are volunteers, as we're saying. When, you know, the, the pit band, it's great that they're being paid, but I'm, I'm guessing that's not their full-time job. No, um, I'm sure it's... So it's still just something to make extra money, and they're doing other jobs or other gigs or things like that. So it's tough, but I guess we all think it's worth it. Yep. I think that's the, the general idea around community theater is mm -hmm. you're out here and you're doing it because you love it. It's a, it's a hobby that you want to do. So you're putting your time and money into it just like anybody would any kind of hobby that they have. 
be it you know, collecting or gaming or anything like that. So, you know, the musical aspect, I think, is that is a job to them. Mm-hmm. Whereas not to say that this isn't a job in, in any form, but this is a, a hobby and this is a space where we are creating something together because we love it and because we want to share it with others, not because we want to make money off of it. Actually, no. I think we would all like to make money well, off of it. Like but to, let, yeah. Let's be realistic. We would all like to make money off of this. But yeah, I think most yeah. of us do it because that's something we like to do. Financially, well, I think the, the the goal is just maintaining being able to continue doing it. Yes. Oh, right. yes. That's always a depending struggle. on whatever uh, depending on whatever logistics are involved with that, as far as upkeep and maintenance, just maintaining mm-hmm. whatever venue you have that you're whether it's rental or rent. owned and upkeeps needed, anything yeah. like that. Yeah. We we pay rent. And utilities, we rent a storage space that's not even here. It's mm-hmm. across the street from here and in the basement under one of the Italian eateries on High Street. So we do have a lengthy drive when we need to get anything from inventory. It's like, okay, who has a truck? Who has what? What can yep. we pack up yep. with stuff and load it and bring it over here? And it is a very all hands on deck type thing. And it's like everything stored over there, props and costumes and oh, that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. I wish I could show you guys. <laughs> it's overwhelming. You open yeah. the doors and it just goes back. I've, I've wow. seen some, some theaters that have off-site storage and it usually is just packed to the gills. We have, a, we have a castle back there that we're trying to get rid of. Ah. <laughs> if anybody wants a castle. Yes, if anybody wants a castle. <laughs> uh, do the costumes end up smelling like Italian food? Or? No. <laughs> no. Um, they just smell kind of like a cellar. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, then they, they, right. they go out, they get dry cleaned, so mm. you, you're not wearing cellar scent. Mm. on stage because I don't think cellar and sweat would Beats really... Febreze. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think every theater needs industrial amounts of Febreze though. <laughs> it doesn't seem to matter. The costumes always get yeah. But you raise a good point, Lindsay, about it it, it kind of gives added meaning to community theater mm-hmm. in that you frequently have to work with whoever's around businesses or mm-hmm. or make arrangements with, maybe with members or whatever to handle some of the logistics of work within the community. how to operate work within the community yep. we, we do actually um our dessert theater every year we have an agreement with the local bakery here and they provide us with desserts for our dessert theater and we provide them ad space in our programs mm-hmm. good exchange yeah <laughs> win-win it, it is oh yeah they're desserts we, we might be making out a little better but hopefully they don't hear that <laughs> oh. Don't worry, nobody listens to this. <laughs> well, maybe some people do. Well, I'd we I, have I, some followers. I I'd like to think somebody does. <laughs> we always We're kind not of, recording it just for ourselves. I know, but we always have kind of wondered. Our target audience isn't necessarily just people who are involved in theater, but we kind of have wondered what this podcast who will appeal to. Most of the people yeah. we know of who have listened to it are are, are involved, involved in the theater, theater in the area. But I mean, this is it's available technically worldwide. But the uh, for for whatever reason, we can't seem to get the statistics off of iTunes that we're supposed to have access to, but it always <laughs> says it doesn't work, so we don't actually know how many listeners we have. But if you have any feedback for us, you know where you can contact us. Jim, can you give it that address? That would be podcast at backstage.link. There you go. Send us an email. Let us know you're listening. Let us know what your thoughts are. That took me six whole episodes just to remember that. <laughs> at least six. <laughs> you would think between the, the knowledge that both of you guys bring from your community theater backgrounds and then discussing things further with other people that are involved in different community theaters that it would be a good resource for anybody that's even remotely curious about getting involved yeah sure whether it's in this area or without the area you're going to hear enough about it that's one of the reasons we're branching out trying to do some interviews i think the other thing too is even people who have already become involved with community theater 
Maybe they just started out. Maybe they've primarily only worked at one theater. Part of this is kind of intended, this is a great example of introducing people to a theater that maybe they hadn't heard of yet. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I, I think no matter how long you've been involved, there's always something new to learn, too. Sure. Oh, very much. And I think a lot of the time, people are, I like going to the theater. I like seeing the theater. I would love to help out, but I'm scared to get up on stage. And I don't think people understand that the community that handles each theater, we're not all actors, we're not all singers, mm -hmm. we're not all dancers, we don't all know tech. If you can take a ticket, if you can hand out a program, if you can build, if you can sew. Yeah, so any of that, I mean, you can get involved without acting. Now, do you act, at, you, so you don't act at all yourself? No, actually, I do. I, okay. I do sing, dance, and act. And So how did you get involved from the start? Probably when I was very little, my grandmother would sit my sister and I down, and we would watch all the musicals on VHS, you know, like Sound of Music was two VHSs long mm -hmm. back, in, <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> and we would just watch them, and my sister, when she got into school, she took the path of learning all of the the instruments and I took to learning choir and getting up on stage and everything and I just kept doing it until I left high school I did one show in college yeah. and then I stopped there was nothing for me as an adult and I'm from Burlington I'm born and raised I've lived here my whole life and it was just a matter of moving from where I used to live to another house and the way at which I approached a little festival that they have here in Burlington called the Wood Street Fair it was a part of the street that I had never gone down in my goodness how many years I had ever been to this thing. And the second or third booth in was actually Bridge Players Theater Company. And I must have had a 20-long minute conversation with Maureen Broadbent about the group. And that same year, I auditioned for the holiday show, which is how I got my start. The holiday show that year was called Dear Santa. So it was okay. a bunch of like little cute vignettes and made a lot of really good friends. And I have not left. <laughs> I think that's a similar story to a lot of people where you just don't know that it exists and the, you know, people who do it through high school and college think, well, college is over and there's nothing left to do, yeah. but there definitely is, particularly in this area. I mean, there's, I, I, have we ever tried to sit down and count the amount of community theater in the suburban Philly area? I thought we estimated probably around 20 to 30. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> and yet they all survive, most of them. I mean, every once in a while you hear something where somebody has a problem, but... I mean, you know, you're yeah, occasionally here. there's a problem of uh, somebody losing a performance space, for instance. Performance space, yeah. funding. We're, we're burning down earlier. your theater. Yeah. yeah, funding's also another really? big issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's funding and, and it's people. And, and I mean, you know, like you're saying, it's pretty much anybody that wants to be involved, there's a place for them to be involved. Yes, yeah. Um, we do find that when set construction comes around, uh, most of your actors don't know how or you don't really want them wielding a hammer up on stage mm -hmm. it, it kind of gets a little sketchy I think I was very hands-on with building my set but because my dad had two daughters he had no choice but to teach one of us how to use power tools <laughs> <laughs> versus other shows where I think of some of the people that are cast like the kids shows yeah you don't want a kid up there while you're no. trying to do you don't even probably want them painting because so, but we do always cute, need bodies. Messy. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, we always need bodies for set construction and um, front of house and just volunteers in general. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and pretty much anybody can do that. Yes. Yeah. So I keep seeing Jim looking confused and raising his hands because we keep getting these strange noises on here. So, do we want to? Do you want to tell parlay us that into talking <laughs> about the ghosts that are here? Okay. Now, so did these follow you from the old space or are they new ghosts? Um, 
to my knowledge, they are from this space. I learned about them from a member named Stuart. He has since moved across the country and he's with another theater and kind of wish that he would have at least taken one of them with him (laughs) (laughs) but you hear rumors of um, one of them having their ashes currently under the stage behind you guys (laughs) you guys are closer to it than I am (laughs) and um, her name is Kristen and they say that she's you know just a lovable fun bright spirit and then there's blue and you'll find him a lot in a lot of our photos and having to crop him out. You can tell which actors he likes and which ones he doesn't because he kind of follows around certain players. Has anybody had any strange, unexplained mishaps during a performance? (laughs) Mishaps during... Mishaps during a performance because of the ghosts? No. Um, (laughs) When we're closing up at night, we can sometimes hear him. We were closing up after a holiday show one year and we started hearing a radio playing in the kitchen. And as we're going to check that out, we then hear the piano out here going and... I guess they're musical ghosts. It, I think it was the... I'm going to just misdirect you a little yeah. because they're in, <laughs> they're in two opposite ends of the space. So mm-hmm. that could have just been them picking on us. And now, do you have a ghost light when you leave the theater? No, we do not. Oh, see? Now, that might, that might help it out a little bit. Huh. Do you have theaters that do that? I, I know there are some no, places I can't that think do leave a, they, they'll leave and a ghost light. I, so. And I have a theater, Village Players of Happer, that I've mm-hmm. done a lot of shows at, has... A ghost, allegedly, named yeah. Slats, a ghost of a former uh, member. I honestly, for, I, I know there's supposed to be one at Barley Sheep, but I forget the name, and I think I've heard Forge has one, but I don't I don't know that I've ever heard The Barn having a, a ghost. No, I, I can't recall any Anybody other ghost Anybody worked stories. at uh, the dramaturgs at The Barn knows of a ghost? Email yeah, us. Email us at... <laughs> Podcast at backstage.link. <laughs> there you go. We've got to get that in there at least twice. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so a ghost light, for those of you who are unaware, is just, I mean, it's usually just a, a bare light bulb on a pole okay. that's left on when you leave the theater. That yeah. I, I don't really know what the purpose is supposed to be. I don't know if it's supposed to scare the ghost away or be left on so the ghost can see. Or make them happy. Yeah. Uh, who knows? But this sounds like your ghosts are reasonably pleasant ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we haven't They're had any issues any with them. That's Since true. we're on church property. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you mentioned somebody was buried here or had ashes buried here. Um, I don't know how true that is i don't know if that was just Stuart messing with me or what that was but he says you know there is uh, a little bit of Kristen's ashes under the stage oh that's what we're told yeah the the church itself their cemetery is actually located a little further down the street so we're we're not not, on top of we're not on top of anything (laughs) that's good (laughs) yeah they're a little further down the road and this is an active church this is an active church yes now, is this space used, is this just your space? Do they use it for anything? They will use it as well, um, mm-hmm. especially during their vacation Bible school. If the weather is inclement, they will come inside and use this because they have a lot of, you know, physical activities that they'll right. do in here. Mm-hmm. And it is a gymnasium as right. well, so use the space for what it is. That would explain the basketball hoops. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> With the light rigs above them. Yes. But it is nice. We do have a really good relationship with the church as well. And um, they do this really neat thing here called Soup Sundays. And when the women of the church are in the kitchen, they will just come in one day and make soup. And it mm. smells so good in here. Mm. And then they put the, the soup in the, the containers and they're in the freezer for you to purchase. And they're really wonderful. So it's, it's kind of neat. Yeah. You sell soup at intermission? No. <laughs> <laughs> Typically just candy and pretzels and chips and waters and the stuff usual. like that. Yeah. Pretty standard coffee, tea, yes. yeah, that kind of stuff. The usual. Yeah. So that's what we're calling part one of the interview. Let's call it part one, shall we? <laughs> I think I just did. <laughs> okay, excellent. Uh, we'll be presenting part two, the conclusion, the exciting conclusion of this interview next week on the next episode. So be sure to tune in.
Until then, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And see you next time. Are we going? We're recording, yeah. Well, I know we're recording. But <laughs> 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 I mean, are we going to actually start recording something we're going to use other than for outtakes? I thought I was doing it. It's <laughs> <laughs> alright, you've already done it. Go with it. I'm going. Good? No. Uh oh. What did I do? Talk into it because I'm not sure if oh, it's getting. Okay. Can you hear me? Or... Oh, it's getting a signal. Okay. Let me turn you up a little bit. Turn both of them up. My fiance both will laugh at that statement that I'm not loud enough. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, speak. Woof. <laughs> 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 <laughs>